Hey, welcome to the Hustle Differently podcast, a space for millennial professionals who are navigating career curveballs while driving closer to Christ. I'm Adriana, and each episode I chat with millennial professionals about the spiritual lessons they've learned in their career journey. On today's episode, I chat with Billy Andre, who is a humanitarian aid worker and photographer. Billy shares how his passion for serving others sparked his decision to switch careers as a biomedical engineer. We talk about how Billy finds joy and measures success in his work. Whether you're thinking about switching careers or want to make a difference in the world or in your job, this episode is for you. All right, let's jump into the conversation. So, hey, Billy, how's it going? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me here. Congratulations on the podcast. I think, you know, you're doing a fantastic job. Thank really you. proud of you. You were a biomedical engineer. Why did you make that switch from engineering to humanitarian aid work? Yeah, I think it, it was because... Well, engineering, I, I loved it. You know, it's, you know I, I really like engineering. I really like, you know, digging into uh, things and doing research. And I was actually good at it. The reason I switched was, one, because I was not happy. The human touch was not there. You know, I was doing dissections. I was doing uh, experiments on um, rodents. And I was missing the human touch. So I tried to compensate for that by volunteering and going to homeless shelters and just like, you know, after work, you know, I would just go to the, to the homeless shelters and volunteer. So there was that part of me that craved for human contact, craved for helping other people. I eventually switched. My first, I guess, major volunteering job was when I went down to Haiti and I helped out uh, in 2010 uh, for the earthquake that happened. I came back with so many stories, so many perspectives, and I came back to a different person. And since then, I've been hooked on, you know, helping and doing humanitarian aid work. And it wasn't until, I'd say, 2015 that it, I became like a, a sort of like a full-time or consultant with humanitarian aid work. And also part of the reason why I switched was because I eventually surrendered that my passion is in helping people. And that, yes, you know, I love, you know, doing technical work, but I was more happy in helping people than in sitting down at a desk and trying to figure out what color a website should be. So I do get, let's say, compensated for, you know, my photography work. Also looking into, you know, using it as a ministry. And I surrendered it in, in terms of, you know, asking God to also help me bring that worldview to my friends, to other people. And he provided opportunities. And I took full advantage of that. It was a leap of faith, uh, uh, to say the least. I love that you said that you surrendered it to God. And I think sometimes, you know, even for me, this this idea of the podcast, I, I had the idea for two years. And what really crippled me was really fear, right? And all of the doubts and, you know, all of the negative thoughts about your abilities and what other people would think and, you know, whether it would be something that would be fruitful and the results would be good. I think sometimes those perspectives can like cripple us from something that God may have put on our hearts to do. And I want to talk a little bit more about like practically what does that look like surrendering something to God for you and in, in your experience? So the surrender process, it was more of a spiritual experience to me because I know in the beginning I was struggling with my faith, even to the point where I didn't believe in God. I think at some point I, I'm like, if there is a God, then, you know, why do we have so much suffering? Why uh, is God 
sort of like blind to certain issues and, you know, apparently very open to certain other issues. So I was struggling with my belief in God. I made a short prayer and I said, God, if you do exist, you know, prove to me that you do. And I, I just prayed that and I just moved on. And it took, I'd say, two and a half years uh, for him to prove that. And the way he proved that, which is so crazy, was by, you know, travel. So he he just um, demonstrated to me that, you know, he did exist. And he was doing things that I could not, in and of myself, you know, say that, you know, I did it uh, for myself. So just to give you an example, after I made that prayer, I got so many scholarships. And I was actually going into uh, college. It got to the point that every time I applied for a scholarship, I got awarded uh, uh, for it. I think two of them was really uh, interesting. Actually, I'll just focus on one. One I got, and they invited me to a, to a ceremony. And then the, one of the people was there at the ceremony. So I grew up in Boston, was um, somebody from the Boston Red Sox. Uh, it's like the director of uh, community relations, something like that. And he heard my story and he's like, yo, come uh, to Fenway Park. And I got like a personal tour of all Fenway Park. I saw like people just, you know, like the players, you know, warming up and everything. And I think that year, that's when we won the World Series. It was just like a crazy year. And the thing too, I grew up in the project. So I would be, <laughs> so I went to Fenway Park and then coming back to the projects and that didn't hit me. And God uh, did something else. He so I applied for like a scholarship to go to, you know, South Africa. I didn't think I was going to get it, but I was one of the first people to, got, uh, to get it. So I, I went to South Africa, all expenses paid, and they actually gave me a stipend. So in a sense, like they paid me to go to South Africa, do a fellowship. And I was, st- I was not even a freshman yet. Like God was starting to bless me with all of that. And I came back. And every time I'm coming back, like I'm doing those crazy things, amazing things, um, I would come back and I'm like, okay, am I like the only one who's been to to Africa, uh, to South Africa? And I'm always asking myself the question, like, why am I the only one in my neighborhood who's like traveling or having all these accolades? And one of the biggest one was I, I, I remembered when I was coming back from South Africa, I said, man... God, it would be nice if, if I can uh, uh, go back to, to South Africa. So you wouldn't believe it. I actually went back again as a representative for my school. And I got to meet. Why are you in yeah, college? In, uh, it's Boston University. So I got to meet like five uh, former uh, African presidents, uh, just like sitting in the room, chilling with them, talking to them. And then I would come back home and I said, hold up, like, I think God's trying to tell me something. There is something happening. Um, and that has been my experience. So I discovered that every time I want to make sort of like a, a spiritual decisions and my faith is, is struggling, I found out that God has been using travel as a way to prove himself to me. And part of the reason is that when I travel, I get outside of that, that bubble um, that I grew up with that's very protective, very predictable. And then I found myself like outside of that bubble and having to depend on God and seeing God's finger, fingerprint everywhere. And I would come back with stories. And, it's, and that, that is how God has been trying to prove to me that you know, he does exist, that he does have control over my life and anything that I do. And he's still doing that. He's still doing, trying to prove that to me. And that's how I ended up being a humanitarian aid worker is because I said, okay, God, I'm going to give you like a year of service. So I wanted to dedicate 
all 2018 just to do his work. You know, I, 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 I was about, I wanted to quit my job because I was doing a lot of data work, uh, research. And I said, okay, I just want to spend like a whole year just, you know, doing uh, humanitarian aid uh, work. Next thing I know, I'm like in the middle of the Amazon in Brazil, like just dead in the jungle. Where else uh, was I? I was, uh, I think I was in the Amazon. I was in the Middle East. Yeah, I was like everywhere. Like God was sending me everywhere. And I think it, it started with that leap of faith and wanting to make a difference in the world. And what God was doing was showing me that, you know, all you need is people who are willing to take that leap. Now, mind you, I was not making a lot of money. Like I was, I said, it didn't matter. I was just wanted to dedicate that year. And I ended up like in some amazing places in some crazy situations. It's been a blessing since then. That story, there were so many little like gems. <laughs> There's so many gems of stuff that I want to like pick apart from that story. <laughs> so the, the first is that, okay, you said that you wanted to quit your job, you were unhappy as a biological engineer. You told God, I want to give you a year, a service. And it was a result of you just being unhappy, which I think is so, that's so profound and so interesting to me. Because a lot of times when we're unhappy at our job, we're like, okay, I need to just apply to a new job. But you were like, no, God, I'm just going to work for you for a year. And then we're just going to see how it goes and it resulted in you kind of like reflecting and going back to that initial question that you asked God right before you went to college like God if you are real like show me your power and you had an opportunity to go to South Africa that spark that travel right like the parallels there is so interesting it's so insightful to me so there is a difference between being um you know living and surviving I think a lot of us are just so surviving. We're, we're doing the basics. We're, you know, accomplishing what we need to accomplish. We're paying Salome. It's almost like, you know, we have child support for Salome, always paying her our student loans. It, it's like, you know, we have so many responsibilities and, <laughs> and we ended up living for other people. We ended up living for society, for the status quo. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, we have no joy because one, you know, we sometimes, you know, we have like our favorite TV shows, um, and for those of us who go to church, you know, we love certain songs. We love going, um, you know, certain services. I think these have a level of joy and happiness, but they're not the complete joy. Sometimes we get the complete joy when we do, let's say, go on vacation. And I think that's just one example that, you know, we have joy, but we can have exceeding joy. We can have more joy. And what I remembered was that Yes, you know, I was happy. I was paying my bills. You know, in certain instances, I was, you know, grateful to have family, to be alive, to be, to be um, in good health. But, you know, there was more also to gain. I think the best example that, you know, we can find in the Bible is, you know, John 15, when, when Jesus says, you know, I have, I have told you all of these things so that your joy may be full. And I think in certain times, you know, we, we, our joys are full. Let's say when we do travel, when we do help other people, when we are, you know, happy, let's say for those of us who, you know, get engaged or get married, you know, we do get a taste of those full joy. But imagine what would happen if, if you have that full joy every single day. And I think that's what sometimes, you know, we fail to realize that, you know, when we're constantly connected to God, when we're constantly in communications with Jesus, that he has the ability to give us that full joy. That may mean you leaving your, your work 
I mean, it is a sacrifice, like you're leaving your high paying job in order to dedicate it to God. Um, you know, that's risky, but guess what? Like you're going to have so much joy doing that. I think a lot of people are quitting their jobs. A lot of, uh, let's say my friends, you know, they're switching careers and it's because they are seeking for that joy. They are seeking for that satisfaction. Sometimes let's say they see me, I don't know, maybe posting stuff on, you know, my, my social media feed and just like, it's almost like, you know, having a blast by being myself, being connected with God. Um, not that I'm perfect, but I'd say I'm in a happy place where I'm helping other people, which is a passion of mine. I'm, you know, using my photography, videography work. And, you know, that's another passion of mine. And it's basically God is, is blessing me. If you think about, let's say, what you like to do, if you like eating, if you like traveling or playing basketball or whatever, you know, imagine somebody paying you to do what you love doing. In a sense, that's what it means to have that complete joy. Like you're getting paid to do something that you love doing. There is a, I think, I think you hear a lot of people, you know, comparing, uh, connecting to, to Jesus or connecting to God. Let's say, you know, it's almost like, you know, your phone, you know, you have to charge your battery. You know, you have to charge your battery in, in, in a spiritual sense, you know, always charging your battery, let's say in the morning, you know, you pray or you go to church. You know, these are instances of uh, charging your battery. So that, in a sense, is having basic joy. But if you want to have full joy, John 15 talks about Jesus says, you know, be connected to the vine. Um, if you are the branch connected to the vine, you, you don't expect the branch to just walk off in the middle of the day, just like go wander, do his things, and then at night come back and reconnect to that branch. So what Jesus was challenging us to do is that, you know, try just connect with me 24-7, see what's going to happen. I promise you, you are going to have full joy. And not just for yourself, but you will have full joy uh, for other people. Hey, I want to take a moment and ask for a favor. If you're enjoying this episode, take a screenshot of you listening to the Hustle Differently podcast and post it to your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, wherever you social. But if you're posting on Instagram, make sure to tag at Hustle Differently. By you posting, it will help more people find the podcast. I appreciate your support. All right, let's get back to the convo. You know, Timothy Keller is a theologian and a pastor who wrote a book called Every Good Endeavor, Connecting Your Work to God's Work. Timothy Keller talks about sometimes work can be fruitless. I want to read like a little small excerpt from the book that I thought was like really interesting. Just want to hear from you about, you know, work feeling fruitless or like a failure. What can we do or what do we do in those situations and times like that, right? Especially from what you said about success. So in the book, Timothy Keller says, Christians have, through their hope in God's story of redemption for the world he created, a deep consolation that enables them to work with all their being and never be ultimately discouraged by the frustrating present reality of this world in which thorns grow up when they are trying to coax up other things. We accept the fact that in this world, our work will always fall short, just as these sinners always fall short of the glory of God, because we know that our work in this life is not the final word. Yeah, I definitely agree with him. I definitely see that, you know, our work should have a purpose. It shouldn't be just surviving. You can have the worst type of job, but it can be fulfilling because you know that this is where God wants you to be. 
it might be, especially I think for those of us who should know better, I think it, 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 you know, we should realize that when we do work, it shouldn't be to enrich ourselves, it should ultimately be to help other people. Imagine people who have the best job and still they are not happy. You're wondering, man, like if I had all that money, if I had all that recognition, if I had like, you know, all that job, like I would be happy. So I think whatever job that you have may be something that working at McDonald's or, you know, working for, you know, as a president of a company, it has to be connected to helping other people. The reason why I say that is because I think there is an overemphasis lately, I think, in, in loving yourself. Not, not that it, there isn't anything wrong with that, but I think when we stop there, then it's all about you. It's all about fulfilling your calling, fulfilling your purpose. If it just keeps on coming back to you, it gives you that, that basic joy. And sometimes it's not going to hold you. It's not going to hold you. But I think um, just like in the Bible, God explicitly says that, you know, love God and also love other people. Our work should eventually have a connection to our surroundings and also our society. I was having a discussion in, with a friend, and I think we came to realize that the Bible doesn't explicitly say love yourself. If, if, you, if you see somewhere in the Bible that says that, you know, um, please let me know, but it doesn't explicitly say that it, it's implied in different verses, but you don't find that a lot in the Bible. But what you do see explicitly is one to love God and second to love other people, even to the point that you have to love you know, your enemies when you're praying. And that's found in Matthew 5. Let's say everything that you're doing in life, you know, it's centered around your well-being. I think it's very important to know that, you know, whatever you're doing, just like as the Bible is saying, is that you have to have a connection with God. That's number one. And one, you have to connection with your neighbors, your friends in helping other people. That will make work fulfilling. For instance, yeah, you know, I work with colleagues who are in different parts of the world. And sometimes I have to wake up like at 5 a.m. in the morning, at 6 a.m. in the morning. And it's not, I'm not a morning person. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. I spent the all-nighter at the border of Peru and, and Ecuador because there were some Venezuelan migrants who were crossing over Peru, and Peru was going to close the border at midnight. Uh, in the beginning, it was like more like 1,000 or 2,000 people, and I needed to sacrifice my sleep in order to monitor the situation, in order, in order to report back of the need in that situation, in order to, to be there, be the eyes of the people um, to do the assessments uh, in order to report back that, hey, you know, we need to send more support, we need to do this and that. And I needed to stay awake until, I don't know, maybe two o'clock in the morning. And then at 8 a.m. the next day, I needed to go back to, to the border in order to, to help people. And I, I was missing out on sleep, but in the inside, I was actually happy because I said, man, like I'm waking up that early, I'm sacrificing my morning sleep, I'm sacrificing my breakfast, because people are in need and that makes me happy it's tapping into my passion it's tapping into something that i love love doing so if our work is disconnected from from the outside from helping other people work will, will be miserable if our work is not connected with god it will be miserable but try the moment that you're working having that connection with with god and you you're gonna see a difference it's going to be that motivation, that internal drive that you need in order to make it worthwhile. Your points about for our work to be service. Honestly, God has called us to serve. Our neighbor may be our actual neighbor <laughs> that lives next door, but it may be 
one of our colleagues. It may be our boss, right? And there may be opportunities to serve and be a, a, a partner and collaborator or to be a support, right? You're working on a difficult um, project or deliverable, right? And being caring concern for your team members well-being their mental health their physical health it can be difficult sometimes especially for someone like me and their career has been in corporate america where sometimes it's very results driven the end product and getting the job done is really what's most important and putting in those long hours and sometimes your well-being and your team's well-being is not front of mind sometimes it feels like a luxury to serve in that moment because you may feel undervalued you may feel like your voice isn't heard or maybe so much is happening and you know you're trying to problem solve and it's just so much going on that serving isn't front of mind and I think sometimes it takes us doing the work to think intentionally about those moments where it's opportunity to really serve and what that capacity looks like in our individual workplaces and industries because every industry is different I think your industry as a humanitarian aid worker is very mission driven on community and loving thy neighbor but for that investment banker That person who's working in finance and in for somebody management consulting, in order for me to serve, I need to be getting something back, like your business or money. <laughs> like there, needs, I need to be reciprocated. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. So I just want to say that for people, you know, who are listening and they're like, how does this apply to to my work in my industry? And does that mean that I have to like leave my job in order to serve? And it's like, no. You- you can serve where you are. <laughs> you can. Yeah. I think for some, you do need to leave. I mean, let's not play with yourself. Like, you need to leave. God is calling you to do something. Yeah, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, <laughs> some of you who are listening right now, you need to leave that job. Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I think I, I think you br- brought some great points. Listen, it, it's, it, it's a balance. It, everything is a balance. And I'm not saying that I know everything. So I'm just speaking from my own experience that this is what I've seen. One thing that I know for sure is that God is a creative God. I mean, he He created, like he's a creative God. He has a way of saving people. He has a way of helping other people. If you think about, you know, the children of Israel uh, leaving Egypt, you know, God was doing some crazy stuff. Like he was sending frogs. He was like, what else? He, he you know, splitting the sea in half. God is is a creative God. So if we're struggling to understand, like, how can I reach my boss who's like a banker or whatever? Like, God has a creative way of doing that. But what he needs is a Moses. He needs people who are willing to say, okay, God, use me as a as your servant in order for me to to be part of your creative process. You know, God is not there's God. God has so many ways uh, uh, to help people. I believe in Isaiah. What is it? Isaiah 50. In the Isaiah 50s, I uh, don't remember the exact verse. I think it talks about that God, God's ear is not too dull, that he cannot hear, nor his hand too short to save. So I think if there's an area in your life that you feel like, you know, it's not fulfilling enough, that God has the ability to save you in that situation. It might be you leaving that work, or it might be you staying in that work and changing the atmosphere of that work. Like God is a creative God is the, the creator. He's a creative too. So he can do things that you know, we 
have not even think about. And also the the idea that, you know, only if I'm a doctor, if only if I'm a pastor, or only if I'm a, in my case, like a humanitarian aid worker, that I can have an impact on people. That is, that is a myth. You know, you can be anything, anybody, and God can still use you to be a blessing. So I think, yeah, your points are valid. I think some of us are struggling to understand, okay, how can I be a, a blessing at my work? How can I help? Uh, my boss, I think these are really good questions and, and I may not have the answer for it, but I know that perspective is, is super important, that the way we measure success is may not be how we see it. Perspective is very important in how we say what is success. So for instance, we might say, okay, well, if I can turn my, my change, my boss, who's like being a pain in the, in the butt and turn him into a good person that would be success, you know, that may not be the only definition of success. And in that poem, let's say, so the author's name is Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson. Um, and he's basically saying that uh, in his poem, What is Success? Uh, if you, I, I can read it for you. It says that, what is success? To laugh often and much, to win the, the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave a world a bit better, whether by a healthy child or, or a garden patch or redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. So in the case of your boss and you thinking that you're not having an impact on that boss, even helping him breathe better because you have been around is, a, is success. Making his day easier is a success. Smiling at him, that is success. We measure success sometimes by, let's say in the Christian world, by how many people you baptize, how many people you, you bring to church. But we don't realize that success is being like Jesus. Like, what would Jesus do? Like, would Jesus be mad at your boss or, happy, or smiling at your boss? Would, would Jesus be more concerned about your boss having a good day than than um, your boss having a Bible study or, you know, s some other things that we, we've tied into uh, what is spiritual success. Realizing that if you weren't in that office, for instance, would the office be better or be worse? If you had not been in the office, the office would be worse. I think that, 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 that should say a lot about, you know, your role. Um, if you not being part of that team, is that being a blessing to the company or, or not? And I think if it is a positive thing for you to be around, if it's a positive thing for you to be uh, a blessing to your company, that is success. Yes, if you compare it to you know, what a doctor is doing and what a, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, my job, you know, helping uh, thousands of people. Yes, I mean, the scale is very different, but the purpose is still the same. You are still helping people, but at a different capacity. So I think it's it's a change in perspective of you know what is success, but at the same time I think not everybody's called to do everything or certain things. Sometimes I think you have to be honest with yourself and realize that God did not call me to to do this. And I'm also talking about those in ministry. I think some people are in ministry for the wrong reason. Either they are a pastor or the minister or whatever, and they are there for the money, for the fame, for the family. God did not tell him to do that and you need to get out. But if God is, did call you to be at that job and you try to leave it and you can't leave it, maybe that's God, you know, talking to you saying that, you know, you need to be at that job. So 
I guess the bottom line is that you need to know God. You need to be so comfortable with God that you can have that luxury to have those little discussions and that luxury of, I guess, pushing God and also having the ability to to challenge God and also to ask God to challenge you too. So I think it's very, it's very important to be in that space with God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and as you were talking, I was I was thinking, you know, I I challenge myself and I challenge the listeners of the Hustle Differently podcast to really ask God, you know, how can my work reflect your call for me to serve and love my neighbor in my workplace where I am, regardless of how I feel about my work, I may feel right now that I am at my peak and I am like crushing it. I may feel like there's still places for me to grow or I may feel like, you know what, like these people do not care about me. But like right now, I'm here right now. And how can my work reflect your call for me to love my neighbor? And being intentional about that question, being content with what God tells you in response to that question. Because I mean, if you're really intentional about the question, God might shake it up (laughs) and tell you that you don't want to hear right but I I think to your point I think it's so important for us to view our work as service and how we can be impactful for others and in others um, lives well thank you so much this was such a thought-provoking conversation I really really enjoyed it appreciate your time and your perspective and your stories well thank thanks a lot for having me I hopefully I I did not chase some of your listeners away so and I apologize if I if I if I did offend some people, but I do not apologize for stepping on some people's toes. I think sometimes we need that wake up call. But thank you for having me. Uh, it it was certainly a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also access the show notes and transcripts on hustledifferently.com. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It will help this podcast reach more people and spark more conversations like this. Thank you for your support.